grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from John, the Gospel, chapter 20. And on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Dear friends of Christ, back in 1969, maybe some of you will remember the song by Peggy Lee. Um, It was later sung by also by Bette Midler. And the song is entitled, or is it titled, Is That All There Is? And it starts out with her, her talking. It goes like this. I remember when I was a little girl, our house caught on fire. I'll never forget the look on my father's face as he gathered me up in his arms and raced to the burning building out to the pavement. And I stood there shivering in my pajamas. And I watched the whole world go up in flames. And when it was all over, I said to myself, is that that all there is to a fire? Is that all there is to a fire? You know, fire is terrifying when it's blazing. But when the fire is all done and the aftermath, is that all there is? Sometimes that's the way Easter is. In the aftermath of Easter, you know, we have the Easter and all the celebration in the aftermath, we say, is that all there is? And so our theme this morning, is that all? You know, this is called Low Sunday. And the high festive energy of Easter has passed. We don't have, we don't have an Easter breakfast. Uh, we don't have Easter, well, we have a few Easter lilies. They're still hanging around. But uh, all the Easter decorations... Uh, All the special music choirs are singing today. Uh, Low Sunday. The church organ doesn't resound with descants uh, the way it did last week. The spirit of joy of Easter isn't resonating in our hearts the way it did just a week ago. Just one week ago. Something has changed. And so I guess we must admit, in some regards, this is a low Sunday. Kind of a down Sunday after the celebration of Easter. And we find ourselves asking the question, is this it? Is this all there is to a resurrection? Well, the short answer is no. (laughs) No, there's much more. There is much, much more to Easter. Um, Is this all there is to Easter? Just a promise? Just peace be with you? And that's it? You know, peace. I know Many of our souls aren't at peace. And, and I know this because, like I said last week, I, I know what's going on in your lives. Uh, I, I, I know that peace isn't easily found in this broken and sinful world. I know that, you know, we are unpeaceful because some of you are dealing with broken relationships, uh, physical, mental abuse. Some of you are dealing with all kinds of unrelenting issues, uh, unsettling issues. Maybe you have poor health. Um, Some of you are dealing with uh, grief or pain or loss, uh, loneliness. Some of you are struggling with job issues. Some of you are struggling with, uh, you know, financial issues, life issues. Peace? Really peace? You feel peace? If that's all Easter is, is peace and a promise, then it runs against what we see in the world. Everybody would like to have peace. 
Everybody's seeking peace, but against, it goes against everything that we see. It goes against what we know to be true. It runs against what, our reality. But, but peace, peace is so much more than just a word. That Hebrew word for peace is shalom, and, and the Jewish people still say it when they greet each other, shalom. It's kind of like, how are you doing? Um, and of course, have a good day. And when, but when Jesus says shalom, he means so much more. So much more. Because Jesus is giving a peace the world can't give, a peace that we'll never find in this world. A peace, though, that we have. A peace, though, that we possess. It's a peace of knowing that our sins have been forgiven. A peace of knowing that we're in a good relationship with God. It's a peace of knowing that when we die, we'll be with Jesus. The disciples were hardly at peace that day. And they were all burdened. Because they had just seen something horrific. They'd watched their Savior die. They were huddled behind a locked door behind locked windows in a locked house for fear that what happened to Jesus would happen to them. And they needed peace. They wanted peace. Their souls were unsettled and they were terrified. Filled with fear. Even though they had just heard the message from the women, we saw Jesus and He's alive. They hadn't seen Him with their own eyes. They hadn't touched Him. How difficult is it to believe? And they must have thought, is that all? You saw him? And then Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. That changed everything. The disciples were beside themselves with joy, said they were overjoyed. And and can't you see them? Can't you see them examining his wounds? Can't you see them examining the wounds in his side with the joy and the, and the wonderment? Jesus allowed those wounds to stay in his body. In his glorified body, they, they could have been removed, but in his glorified body, he let that be so that they would know who he was. And those wounds, they spoke volumes. Those wounds preached a sermon. The price had been paid. Our sins are forgiven. And when we die, yet shall we live. The night before Jesus died on Monday, Thursday, He had told the disciples that He would give them peace. Well, He gave them peace. And He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Later that night, Jesus again explained, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. He gave them peace. They possessed peace, but they didn't apply that peace to their lives. He gave them peace before he died. But then they watched Jesus die in such an unpeaceful way. They watched the lamb be slaughtered. That's not what wasn't peaceful. And they must have thought, is, that all, is this all there is? Is this it? And then Jesus showed up. And he showed them the nail holes. He showed them the wounds in his side. And he said, peace be with you. Look and see. 
touch, feel, believe. Shalom. Well, good and well for them. Good and well for them, they, they got to touch him. Good, good and well for them, they got to see him with their own eyes. Good and well for them, they, they touched, they, they saw, they felt, they believed. So what of us? Well, Jesus talks about us to them. Jesus told his disciples, ah, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Think how blessed you are today. Blessed, that word blessed. It's more than just happiness. It's, it's, a, it's a contentment. It's a, it's a knowledge that God watches over you and that everything's going to be okay. That God has a plan. You have peace. You believe. You're here because you believe in the resurrection. You believe he suffered, died. You believe he rose again. You believe he lives in your heart. You believe your sins have been paid for. You believe when you die, you'll live too. Because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. You have peace. You're blessed. You know eternal life is waiting. You know the loved ones that we have sent on, our parents, sometimes our children, are with the Lord. You know the sum of your existence is not the sum of all the brokenness in this world. The sum of your existence is not the sum of all the pain. Of all the trials, of all the burdens, you know there's more. Shalom. You know that because Jesus lives, one day you too will die. And when you die, you will live with Jesus in the new world. In His new kingdom, when He destroys everything that we know to exist and creates a new earth you know you'll be there. You know the words of our epistle are true. To Him, Christ, who loves us and has freed us from our sins by His blood and has made us a kingdom. And some people say, is that all? Is that all there is? That Jesus rose from the grave? That He came back to life? That His resurrection is proof positive that our sins are forgiven? That his resurrection is proof positive that our glories will one that our bodies will one day rise glorious like his body rose from the grave too. And there'll be no more sin, there'll be no more no more tears, there'll be no more sickness, there'll be no more pain, there'll be no more suffering, there'll be no more death. But some people still think, is that all? You know, people wouldn't yawn and say, Is that all if if we found the cure for cancer? People wouldn't say, is that all, if we could turn dirt into gold. People wouldn't say, is that all, if we could solve the problem of world hunger. My friends, the power to be forgiven and the power to forgive is the greatest treasure on earth. If I could heal you from cancer, you'd still die from something else. If I could turn dirt into gold, someday you'd have to leave all that gold behind. If we could solve the problem of world hunger, I promise you there'd be other ways that the people would suffer. We're not going to eliminate world suffering. 
Don't you see, Jesus is the, he's the answer. He's the solution for every human problem. He's the cure. And he offers peace in this broken world. But because people can't see it, because people can't touch it, because it runs contrary with what we know. I don't have peace. I don't have peace in my life. They continue to say, is this all a promise of peace? There's nothing more than just a promise? But Easter's a whole lot more than a risen Jesus. He's a whole lot, it's a, Easter's a whole lot more than just a, a dead guy coming back to life. It's about being freed from sin. It's about conquering the curse. It's about conquering the devil. It's about being freed from guilt. It's about living our lives in Christ. And if you think your sins aren't a big deal, then you're not going to think Easter's a big deal either. But if you think your sins are a big deal, then Easter is too. Listen to the two quotes from Martin Luther. He preached on this text. He said, Christ institutes an office of the office of the keys, the forgiveness of sins. He institutes an office through which all sins of the entire world may be forgiven and taken away. Peace. And in the same sermon he says, if you desire the forgiveness of sins, if that's what you want, forgiveness, you must seek it from a word. You must seek forgiveness from the word. You must seek it out from the mouth of the apostles or from the mouth of the pastor, or from the mouth of a fellow Christian. If it's not sought from the mouth of the apostles, or from the mouth of the pastor, or from the mouth of another Christian, you will not obtain forgiveness of sins, because we know our sins are forgiven when people speak it to us. Your sins are forgiven! And we hear those words, and we believe because of Easter, we don't have to convince ourselves, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven, I know I'm forgiven. We don't have to, oh, I hope, I hope, I hope I'm forgiven. No, we're convinced. His body's not in the tomb. Christ is risen. And we know God's promises are true because He's alive. No, because of Easter, we know. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Our sins are forgiven as certain as Christ is risen from the dead. And because Christ is risen from the dead, our words of forgiveness have power. That's what Jesus meant when he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And what's he sending you to do? And when he said this, he breathed on them. That's a strange thing to do. Ooh, don't breathe on me. But he breathed on them, and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the power from God. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you withhold the sins of any, they are withheld. The office of the keys, the keys to heaven. After Jesus came back to life, think of all the things that he could have talked about. He could have talked about 
what it was like to die on the cross. That would have been an interesting conversation, wouldn't it? He could have talked about what it was like to go to hell and victoriously proclaim his victory. That would have been, that would have been interesting. You know, what, did, what did the devil do? What did the demons do? What did, the, what did all the souls in hell do when they found out Jesus won the battle? That would have been interesting. But Jesus doesn't do that. He comes back and he talks about forgiveness. And as the Heavenly Father sent Jesus to proclaim this forgiveness, Jesus sends you. He sends you to proclaim the forgiveness to to your wife, to your husband, to your children, to your family, to your friends, to the people in the community. As Christ has forgiven me, I forgive you. And we share the keys with each other. We practice forgiveness. How often do you put that power to work in your families? Or just assume everything's forgiven? I ask Christian families, I say, do you ever say, I forgive you? And they say, no, no, we just assume that. We just assume we're all forgiven. Mom gets mad, dad gets mad. We never apologize. We never ask for forgiveness. We just assume it's all going to be okay now. Why would you assume such a thing? We don't assume it on Easter. Christ is risen. Your sins are forgiven. Peace be with you. And we need to share that same peace in our homes, that victorious message of His salvation to offer peace. And He sends us to deliver that. He sends us to deliver it to each other to be part of that message. Forgiveness, it changes everything. Forgiveness changed Peter after he denied Jesus three times. Forgiveness changed Paul after he persecuted the church. Forgiveness, forgiveness is why I'm here this morning. Easter is why I'm here, why I stand before you today. I'm a pastor because of the power of Easter. Now my sins have been forgiven, and God has turned this ordinary man into a messenger this ordinary sinful man into God's servant. Shalom. You know, forgiveness, it's not something, you, you don't need prodding, you don't need convincing, oh, you're, you're going to be in heaven, you're going to be okay, it's okay, you're going to be in heaven. You don't need convincing. You don't need motivating. You just need forgiveness. And you think you can't be forgiven because you remember your sins and you can't forget them. And so you think Jesus can't forget them either, but Jesus doesn't work that way. Shalom, he says to you. Your sins are forgiven. The grave is empty. The price has been paid. And you're set free. Easter is the peace of forgiveness. Easter is the curse broken. Easter is the power to forgive. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.